Hello and welcome to Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. I am your guide through this world of questing, Jim McIntyre. And with me is two of my favorite people, two dear friends of mine. Do you want to introduce yourselves? Yeah, I, um, I've been told to have a bit of a different voice to John because apparently we sound too similar. So uh, this is going to be my voice now. My name's Jesse, by the way. Uh, Honestly, I think it's an improvement. So. <laughs> well, I was gonna, I was gonna talk up here. <laughs> We're not in my character voice, but uh, thanks for blowing up my spot. Did you actually think no. to make that joke at the same time? Because it would only reinforce the fact that, <laughs> that we sound similar we, and we say the same. If we things. both went low, then it would be like, damn it! Oh, I was gonna go low. Well, let's do a quick recap and then we'll jump in. So. Previously on Roll for Friendship, the brothers Hatchet and Frank discovered that Frank is a fate spinner when he brought one of the dead hundred gods back to life, ending the time loop that the universe even trapped in. Zero, having sacrificed himself in the loop that became the continued timeline, was lost. Hatchet and Frank escaped Felice City with the help of Theodora. And that was where we're up to. Did we so, discover that Frank specifically? Yeah, was I, the fate I was going to say I didn't realize that we discovered Frank specifically was the fate. This spinner, is but I guess... what happens when there's a few weeks between us recording. No, is... I don't think it was a specific that it was us. Okay. Yeah, yeah, there was this dramatic moment where I made you roll a dice and you rolled really well, and we were like, something shifted. Uh Oh, yeah, so. right. I just thought that was because we were talking so it was to some implied, celestial body. It wasn't body. explicit. Yeah, you The never listeners picked said. it up, even if you guys didn't, I'm sure. <laughs> They're smarter than we are. Yeah. I Look, you're putting words in my mouth. I happen to agree with those words, and I was saying them internally, but you put them there. Um, okay. So, that's where we're up to. The three of you travel through the night to escape the city and have set up camp in a forest on the outskirts of a small village called Glenmora. It's the next morning. You've had a couple of hours of sleep and Theodora gathers you just outside of the camp. While you slept, she has been gathering rocks and has made a large mound of piled stones. Her eyes look puffy from lack of sleep and from crying. As you stand around the mound, a figure with a blonde beard and a blonde wig picks her way through the trees towards you. You recognize her as the female Harold the Herald you met in Gaulsburg. She seems to notice the mound of stones and recognize the two of you. She takes off her beard and wig and says, I'm off duty till you're done here. She joins the three of you in a semicircle facing towards the mound. Theodora nods respectfully towards the Harold and says, Thank you. Uh, and she looks towards you too. I know you didn't know him for long, but I would like it if you would join me in memorializing Zero. I mean, um, what's there to say? We, uh, I mean, a, a lot of our interactions with Zero were full of levity. He was always there for us and was a good companion. Frank. She wipes away a tear. Um, he, uh, he, he, uh, he drove a hard bargain and he stuck to his guns. Um, and, and I think that 
we wouldn't be here the same way unless he, he had a part in our journey. Uh, and I feel somewhat responsible as the fate spinner uh, for his death. And that really weighs on my heart. And I'm going to miss him. Thank you. I met Zero when I was much younger. Zero and his brother Trevor saved a young girl from a rabid bear. But Zero is injured in the rescue. Trevor brought Zero to me for medical care, and I nursed Zero back to health. Trevor moved on, but Zero stuck by my side from that moment. He served as my bodyguard, but he was so much more than that. He was my dearest friend. He knew me better than anyone else, and was by my side in the best of moments, and in the worst of moments. He loved me when I was at my worst. Zero was a goblin with a large heart, and a gruff exterior. We did not know that his sacrifice was going to be permanent, but I know that goblin well enough to know he still would have chosen the sacrifice in order for those who were trapped to be free, even if he did know it would be permanent. He freed Mickey for me, and I will always be thankful to him for that. He was the best of friends and the best of goblins. And he could put away spring rolls like no one's business. Well, not as good as me, but... We wouldn't speak ill of the dead. Um, well, actually, is he dead? I feel like he just disappeared with the university. That's my hope, anyway, that somehow we can make him appear again. Yes, that would be nice, but I think unlikely. Okay. The Harold has been standing there the whole time, uh, and... <clears throat> Um, I was going to ask the Harold's name, like the actual pers- person. Um, so Harold, um, it's nice of you to join us. Uh, and since you're off duty, is it okay if we refer to you by your given name rather than your Harold name? No, okay. Harold is Sorry. never off duty. I just well, was you trying d- to be respectful. <laughs> okay. You did say you did just literally say the words off duty and then say that Yeah, okay, no problem. It was a test. Okay, thank you. Being <laughs> respectful because your friend just died. Yeah, yeah. But you can uh, refer to me as Harold. Okay. And she winks at you. <laughs> what <laughs> what's the winking about? Okay. Um should we um, should we light a fire maybe, or put up camp, or what do we want to do with the? the yes, yeah, so it is morning time. Um, the Harold says, "I technically just gave news, but I need to give news again soon. Uh, I can give you a moment, or I can give you the news now." Uh, yeah, I. I Always better to give news before you leave. Otherwise, you'll get 15 minutes down the road, realize you should have given the news before you left, and then you'll have to pull over and give the news. It's always the way. I see you've traveled with the Harold before. Uh, yeah, we'll, um, we'll hear the news. Uh, seems, I mean, maybe you'll run down the road and there's no one, so may as well tell someone. Okay. Uh, and she puts back on her beard and wig. Do you, do you oh. have to? <laughs> yes, I have to. 
It is part of the role and the code of the Heralds. Okay, sorry. Continue. Can I begin now? Yeah. And she winks. This is the sassiest Harold I've seen in a while. That's why I wanted to give her a name, but anyway. She has a name, it's Harold. <laughs> Hark, news from the kingdom. Hear my news feed and be informed. Dragon turns the tide in the battle between mercenaries and wizards. The university vanishes amidst raging inferno. King's wedding preparations almost finalized. Dwarf responsible for chaos in Chicago arrested in Felice City. The Poundtown Downtown Moundtown Poem Battle due to start in two days. For more details on any on any of our stories, come see me with your own news or trade. This service is provided by the Heretic Guild with thanks to King Francis. Hey Harold. Just about that last one, the Poundtown Moundtown Downtown uh, battle poem battle. Um, sorry, I, I couldn't get that out. I'm not actually one of the best performers in our group. But what I was going to ask is, um, is downtown is Moundtown Pound- rather is Moundtown back? Because who would be competing against Poundtown in that? If that's not the case, so far there are no entrants for Moundtown. It okay, is thanks. simply Downtown and Poundtown who are competing. For Wait. an invitation to the king's wedding, downtown is a is a, a town as well. Yeah. Oh, so it should be. Sorry, the downtown, I thought we downtown. I thought we'd established that, um, <laughs> but I realised that it was John, Dan, and I that established that in the side quest. Is a is a place <laughs> called downtown? There's a city called downtown as well. Yeah. So then we would be calling it the downtown downtown poundtown mountain. No, poem battle it's the, because it's the original that would be bit was that we said <laughs> that, yeah, that's outrageous. Stupid. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so that that's that one. Did you want to ask about anything else? Uh, um, King Francis getting married. This is the first I've heard of it. Is that what you well, said? Harold said have, something about his. Harold's have been talking. Us Heralds have been telling the news about it for a while now. Uh, Also, remember that you do need to trade me news or something for these stories, but I will tell you this now, and then you can trade me a story. But the King Francis, he had a mysterious woman appear in his throne room. She entered by portal, former mayor of Chicago, Gorak. Uh, and she appeared mysteriously, and they fell in love. Interesting. A okay. classic story. Yeah. You know that classic That could at least time. be good for us. We go way yeah, back with Gorak. Bit of an in. We do need to uh, do need to sort of sort things out with that guy. I mean, um, just on Herald News and things like that, is there anything in there about Frank and Hatchet and being wanted by the king? Yes. The university story, Frank and Hatchet was spotted in Felice City and escaped in the midst of the university vanishing with multiple fires breaking out and spreading through the city square. Frank and Hatchet are wanted dead or alive for this and many other crimes. Do they have a bounty on their head? Yes. 
there's no currency in this world, so I haven't attributed yeah. it. <laughs> um, it's, it's very large. <laughs> it is a treasury's worth of gold on their head. What do you What do you think about the whole um, thing about us? I mean, Frank and Hatchet. You seem okay to me, but I'm just a humble Harold heralding the news. Okay. Well, that's fair. That's something we need to square up with uh, King Francis. I was just interested in your opinion on it. Can you just spin in something there, like about how roguish charm and how we're uh, men of the people or something like that, like people's champion, you know, just just some ideas for you next time you're tossing out the news about. What have you done? Give me some something newsworthy that is real. um, we saved that town from um, we, the we saved Chicago. Yeah, we saved t- Chicago. We what's the town before Chicago? What was that called? See, we there's been Chicago that many towns. Yeah, there's been that many towns we, we've saved. It, it's just become sort of. Yeah, you know, I forget which town we saved, but we did two. We, two we, at a time. Uh, we recovered the Ring of the Dragon. Yeah, we saved Chicago from the carnivorous chickens. Wait, we then- hang on, but. In the recovery of the ring, we also saved the town from the tyrants, uh, Lacey and Thompson. So, you know, and then, and then also, I mean, who knows what Reginald would have done with all that money he took. So it ended up being reimbursed. So in one way or another, we, we saved those gamblers because they were going to go on full tilt as well. So, so you saved the economy as well is what you're telling uh, me. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it would have crashed otherwise. Absolutely. There's uh, plenty of things. Or just we, killed the, we killed the man, so uh, the game stopped, and then the, everyone got money. Yeah, that's how that's how poker works, right? Yeah. That's how you I heard, played it. You heard about you heard about the GameStop thing? <laughs> <laughs> They're calling it the uh, the old GameStop. <laughs> You know when you stop the game and it it makes everybody who was rich before um, not rich anymore? When this episode comes out in a month. Yeah, that's not going to be a topical reference. (laughs) (laughs) It's pretty good though. I liked that. That's fully going to date this episode. I enjoyed it. Um, How long were you thinking about that before? (laughs) It's like just improv. Off the dome. Off the dome. dome. Yeah, well, she's writing down uh, much of what you've said. Uh, but kind of pauses as you've said that you were the ones responsible for killing Reginald. No, not not, not per se. In so many words. I mean, well, we have those with the, the words that you just said. And she hands uh, the scroll just... to the bird on her shoulder, who flies away. Uh, wait, did that contain things about murder or not? Yes. Oh, you understand God. that you have a certain responsibility. You can't just be flippant with the way that you hand around news like that. You shouldn't be flippant with murder. We weren't flippant. I was just you were asking us if we were the charm and the the things, the good qualities we have, and we were explaining them. Okay, can goodbye. A, and can oh, you send okay. a, an amendment in which? Uh, uh, why? And she started to the, kind of back away from you guys. The brothers we Frank present. and Hatchet. Yeah, we were present for that death, but we did not cause it. It was an accident. Very unfortunate accident, but we were there. So you didn't save the economy. Well, I mean, in well, a manner of speaking, because before then, Lacey and Thompson were running the town, and they were going to become dragons and run the town themselves. So 
before all of this happened, we saved the economy because Lacey and Thompson... And, and whether he died or not, we would have liberated uh, Reginald of his cash anyway and redistributed it. Uh, she kind of like holds up her hand and does a weird gesture and the bird flies back and she scrolls something different on the note and then holds it back up and the bird flies away. Cool. And the whole golem that eats magic, you, you heard about that? We, we solved that. Did you solve that? or I, I think it just I kind of... Heard... Well, we definitely solved that. Okay. Yeah. I heard that the golem killed someone and went back through its portal. Oh, but if you were right there, you would have heard what we said to that golem that made him run away scared. What was it? Hatchet. Um, yes? Where's Moopit? Moopit just got arrested. We just heard that news. Oh, can I hear more about that, Harold? Yes. Sorry. I, I didn't hear that bit. A dwarf who is nonverbal was arrested in relation to the recent siege in Chicago. The dwarf is currently awaiting trial and is expected to be executed after the royal wedding. Whoa. Okay, after the royal wedding. So we have... And sorry, can you tell me how long till the royal wedding? Did, a week. That was part of your news. Okay. So we've got a week. Okay. Why is it with the time schedules? Yeah. I've got some conspiring I want to do, but I might wait until the herald's gone. <laughs> uh, Theodora gestures to the herald and says, I've got some news for you. Let me tell you the tale of Zero the Goblin. Uh, and they wander over to another side of the campfire. And they're sitting there together talking. So it's just the two of you. So you are n- near the camp. Uh, it is morning. You are on the outskirt, like you're in a forest on the outskirts of a town. You are also wanted, dead or alive, but that's where you are. Mm-hmm. I'm a cowboy on a badger horse I ride. I'm wanted. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not willing. Do you to want to do a clean take of that, Jesse? Like, <laughs> this is good. No. I love the energy. Just, just got to really commit. Think, yeah, let's just commit to it. Here we go. No, that's all one, right. um, two, three. <laughs> take it away. So, um, what do we want to do about Moopit stuck in jail and possibly getting executed? I mean, on the one hand, I feel a little bit responsible, but uh, we also were kind of dragged into that one. Yeah, but we were asked by Rupert to take care of him, right? And I feel somewhat yes. responsible. I'm wondering what our play is, whether the order of events, sequence of events probably needs to be, we go to Poundtown or Downtown or wherever they're ho- hosting the poem battle this year, probably not in Moundtown since it seems to have disappeared. We go there, we win the poem battle, we get invited to the wedding, we go in disguise, we assassinate the king, we liberate Moopit. Oh, we and... could be the performers, right? Yeah, we could We, we could, could be, we could be the performing poems. I mean, I did, I'm not the The fact the that he's marrying Gorak kind of puts a bit of a spanner in the works, cause... but I don't know that we spent that much time with her and that we are particularly beholden to her will. Maybe she'll work in our favour. Um, but maybe oh, she's a, maybe a spanner she's doing that's a double in our works. Type thing. Yeah. yeah. So um, I'm a uh, I'm a fate lord. 
What do you think about that? Frank, I think none of that matters. We, like, seriously, if that if that were the case, what would it change? What would we do about that information? I think, I mean, the thing about it is that it has changed everything up to this point. Mum and Dad? Um, zero? Frank, that's not your fault. None of that is your fault. But, I mean, it is, right? No, uh, this is the messed up world that we live in. These things happen, and our parents made choices. They made bad choices. Uh, I need you to know that what they have done and the choices they have made are not your fault. Yeah, but it's not. You might have some influence over the fate of this world, but you do not. You cannot make people choose things, and you certainly have not made anyone choose the bad choices they have made. Uh, Our parents abandoned us, and we may never forgive them for that, but that was not your fault. Theodora gets up from her place at the campfire and the Harold stands as well. The Harold kind of waves to Hatchet, winks at Frank uh, and walks back off through the forest. And Theodora comes <laughs> over to you guys. What a saucy Harold. Can we uh, report her or something? Like, some sort of, it was Hatchet, I feel like I need to let you know something, but... Every single person winks at me. And, like, doors. Do you remember that door, that door back in Magic was Mountain? kind of... Yeah, it had a thing. But, I mean, I'm, I'm just, like... I know I'm good looking, but, <laughs> you know. It might be your era of grace and mystery? Yeah, maybe. Theodora ah. says. And then she winks at you, too. <laughs> well, I don't really know where to from here. Getting people free from the university has been my mission for so long I don't know what to do why don't we go and find the the people that we freed is that something you want to do they will be returned to their time oh what does that mean they will have been spat out where they came in Everything that's happened has still happened. But also the things that were happening have happened. It's different timelines, is that right? It's like a multiple realities now. We we created more than one reality? Is that what uh, I mean? Unless someone's got some coffee in their pouch, I can't do this any longer. I think that I probably need to go and try and find Zero's brother, Trevor, and give him the news. Was Trevor the one in the mountain? Uh, yeah, I feel like there's some Did bad news about that guy. Trevor? Are, yeah. you gonna, are you going to break that to Did we? Uh, Did we maybe hurt him? Yeah. No, no, we didn't. He's all right. Him. He got hurt he's okay? with us. No, no he, he is hurt. He, I don't know if he's alive. Did we kill him? Um, no, 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 no. Okay, no, no. Uh, but but we can give you a tip on where to find Trevor. You go to Goldberg, the mountains uh, near Goldberg. What remains of him? I think no. I think he's okay. Uh, I think I Trevor's okay. okay. I hope so. She looks very confused. I Goldberg. That's where you want to go, Theodora. Thank you. I will go and try and find Trevor. Take care, both of you. It's been an interesting journey well 
I will see you guys when you destroy the kingdom. Farewell. <clears throat> Wait. That's optimistic. Oh, okay. Yeah, that was a little, uh, and also a little presumptuous. I didn't think we are going to destroy the kingdom. Not, not talking whole revolutions here, but. We may well. I haven't decided yet. I don't know. I mean, I'm a fate lord, so she's, maybe... She's gone. She's off in the forest. She's packed up her stuff already and headed off as you talk at her back. I'm a fate lord, so maybe we will destroy the kingdom. Who knows? Frank, I need you to stop talking about this fate lord stuff. I mean, it is what it is now at this point, right? I know, we but will... I, I get it. But if somebody else hears about that, I don't think they'd look upon it so favorably. We are wanted criminals. I don't think anyone's listening to our conversations for long. Yes, but that might become a lot more complicated if they think you're something that hasn't existed for hundreds of years. Yeah, complicated in a better way, I'm sure, right? Well, who knows? We're, if you're a fate spinner, it could go <laughs> either way. That's true, yeah. So, are you guys going to head into the nearby town or just start to make your way to Pound Town? Well, actually, you don't even know where the palm battle is because you did not ask that. All right. Let's head into town, figure that out, resupply. Okay. We'll find a herald, I'm sure. Uh, so, are you doing anything about your appearance before you go into town? I'm sure I have an ability. Maybe I'll just become really small and we'll <laughs> like sneak through the town. Uh, yeah. I, mine's hard to... to um figure out because i wear an eye patch you have an eye patch (laughs) which is pretty iconic um iconic no i can't wear the eye patch because then we'll just look like each other eye patch brett the funky funky (laughs) eye patch um yeah what do we do i guess we just go like is it a big town or is it just kind of like a small on the road kind of town trading town it's just a small, on-the-road kind of town. Uh, standing on the outskirts of the town, you can see that it's got a blacksmith, a tavern, uh, and that's about it. Yeah. Then there's just some houses and some farms. Frank, it may be a little bit brazen to just go in looking like we do, like us, that is, but um, it seems like a, uh, you know, that there's not going to be many people who are weaponed up here. If we get run out of town, we should be able to just outrun anyone here. Um, I, I get that. Maybe we could split up or something. I don't know. If you're feeling uncomfortable with it, we can try and disguise. I don't know. I think we're okay. Yeah. There's so many things that give us away. We have a freaking badger with us. That's true. I mean, I can make him small uh, than he is. Like mouse-sized? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course. That's a new one. I mean, it's part of the whole other spell yeah, that I guess it makes goes him both ways. sized too, or horse size. Yeah. So, yeah. is that what you're doing? Yeah. Um, do you want to make yeah, Rufio small? Yeah, let's make Rufio small. Yeah. He can fit in it, the pockets. It might buy us 30 seconds of somebody trying to figure out who we are. Yeah, until we throw him onto the road and he becomes horse size and we run away. Yeah. Sorry, Rufio. Good plan? You've got to live in my pocket for a little bit. I'm sure he enjoys it. Uh, so Rufio again has been asleep, and you, as you look over, you again see those black shadowy, uh, like flame-looking shadows coming off of him. 
Hmm. On second uh, thoughts, maybe I don't want that in my pocket. All right, let's uh, let's head into town. Okay, so are you making the badger mouse sized? We just yeah, of course. That yeah. yeah. Okay. No, no, that that seems like a really good idea. Plus, I was thinking, like, for him, right? The world becomes a new place every time you change size because everything is unfamiliar, and so it must be this really interesting thing for an animal because animals have like, I guess, two dimensional and I can awareness. I can feed him a carrot. And it's like massive carrot when he's small. So, he likes it because he can just like <laughs> chew on it for hours. I yes, didn't know if exactly. that was Frank or Jesse just being like a little bit like philosophical. <laughs> <laughs> well, animals, I mean, if you think about it, animals do live in like their own little world, right? But if you were to make an animal smaller or larger. Okay, so it's Jesse. Thank you for answering my <laughs> question. Did you get high before this podcast? It's like, what if there's a time loop? Have we created alternate universes? Well, that was Frank. No, I, that was <laughs> as it happened. I didn't Jesse's know. playing Frank, though. <laughs> I was going to say, Jim, I'll give you a little hint. I am playing Frank, and it's all me, actually. Wow, you just ruined, the whole time. ruined my suspension of All of the thinking. Yep. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, so let's pull our hoods guys- up, at least. We'll pull our hoods up. Assassin's Creed style. Yeah. So you wake up, yeah. Rufio. You turn him into the size of a mouse, so that Hatchet can put him in his pocket. Uh, do you have a mean like a shirt pocket so we can like kind of sit there looking cute? Uh, well, the point is that he's not seen. But are you going to put him in a hat so it can be kind of like ratatouille? <laughs> ratatouille. <laughs> <laughs> like who? Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. I stand by it. <laughs> Badger Tui, I guess. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess he can sit on my head. Yeah. So you've got a Badger Tui situation going on. Uh, you guys have got your hoods up and you are heading into the town that I named Glenmora. So mm, Sounds Scottish. Yeah, it does. A little bit. Uh, so it is like mid morning. So you don't see a lot of people like walking around town. It seems like everyone is pretty busy. Uh, there's you see farmers out in their fields. You do see like some women carrying water. You hear the sound of a blacksmith at work, and you do hear some voices from the tavern. Perhaps the tavern, uh, get some supplies. Yeah, let's head into the tavern. Worst case scenario, get a drink. Best What's case, the tavern called? get a fight. <laughs> uh, it's actually called Get a Fight. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> it's a terrible tavern name. It's called, uh, it's called um, The Mouse Size Badger. PJ. <laughs> it's called PJ Morgan and Sons uh, Distillery Brewery. And drinkery. Okay. So, <laughs> there is a very large sign in front of <laughs> the door that contains the entire name. PJ Morgan and Sons Distillery and Brewery. Um, and I think drinkery. that was what And drinkery. Yeah. And eatery is kind of in parentheses. Yeah, they've got that on a chalkboard below. Like, they've just brought that in, but they haven't had time to write the sign yet. And real estate? Yeah, they just built the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And as you walk in, you see three 
men with large red bushy beards. Uh, one is taller and older. One is even taller, like huge, but looks younger. Uh, and then there is a child. Ah, oh, PJ Morgan and Sons. <laughs> bushy beard. And the way I was going to say, the even younger one has a bushy beard. Is that what you just yeah. said? Yeah, that's what I said. Oh, nice. Yeah. I feel like everyone's got a beard. Hey, this boy. Nice beard. Thanks, mate. He says. <laughs> <laughs> Do you want to have another run at that or? No, that's no, his that's voice. exactly how he wanted it to happen. <laughs> He's going through puberty. <laughs> the child meets you at the door uh, and is holding a menu and says, Hello, gentlemen. Can I help you? <laughs> uh, we're just, and he hands uh, you the menu. We're simply looking yeah, for some Yeah, we're going to sit down. Oh. Okay. Well, I was going to say we'll have a beer and, I mean, a brew and eat. What is the other yeah, thing? I guess we can have some um, breakfast. We can yeah. also help you find somewhere to live. Oh. How do you know we're homeless? No, we're good. If, okay. Uh, and he gestures you towards the bar where the uh, oldest red-bearded man, who you imagine is PJ, stands. Uh, his son is going, his other, the taller son is going in and out of the kitchen, delivering meals to a group of uh, men who are over in the corner drinking. One man you can see over there is talking really animatedly and looks like really panicked. Uh, oh, okay. Um, hey, Frank, you, just a tip. I, Don't go telling strangers that we're homeless. Oh, I mean, I was going to say that that guy looks like he is possibly telling his friends that we are the the, the wanted criminals. But um, maybe, yeah. maybe, yep, uh, we can worry about saving face as well. <laughs> I'm not For saving face, I just feel like you're giving away a lot of personal details at a time <laughs> when uh, we're kind of on the run. True. I mean, we've got Brel's uh, tent in a tin. So is this conversation while you are walking to the bar, or yeah. is this in front of the young red-headed, no, he's walked red-bearded away, he? boy? I thought he went to the, yeah. No, he was standing there with the menu. Oh, okay. Um, it I imagine you started to walking towards the bar, mm-hmm. and that conversation was on the way there. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Um, <clears throat> guy over there looks pretty pretty sus. I don't know if he's telling a story about us or what's going on with that, but do you recognize him? Let me see what... Uh, and you hear his voice raised louder. He's got my daughter! Doesn't sound like they're talking about uh, us. We don't have anyone's sound daughter. Doesn't like us. Do we want to go uh, offer some help? Sure. Yeah, I'm feeling... Got some itchy fingers. <laughs> This yeah, is let's give him a hand. surprising for Hatchet and Frank. <laughs> I mean, um, ha- Frank is compassionate and nice, and he was the one that suggested it. So I would just, he, I, I just guy. need something simple. I think nothing about time loops and universities and fate spinning and fate of the world oh. and gods. At this point, the man has spotted you guys, uh, and he rushes up to you. He looks. Uh, a mess like his clothes are all covered in dirt uh 
He's got a bruise on his face, and he says, A monster! He, he took my daughter! I need your help! Will you help me? These, they won't help me! Well, oh, I, I, we couldn't help it over here. Um, I, I guess we'll need some details. Where, where did this happen and when? Hold on, hold on. We're not beyond pleasantries yet. What's your name, good sir? It's Strahan. Okay, Strahan. Yep. That's what the envelope I just picked up from the bench said. AirPods. <laughs> no, it's Strahan. So the, the man, he says, I'm Strahan, but please, sirs, you must rescue my daughter. Okay, uh, where is she? And well, where did you last see her? I suppose you haven't seen her for since she was kidnapped. Last night. She okay, was taken where? last night into the woods. There is a tower deep into the forest. And the monster, okay. he lives in the tower. Can can you take us to the place where she was last seen and then we'll, we can take the trail up from there? Yes. Would you like... Would you like to accompany us in helping find her, or did you have something to do today? Oh, sirs, I couldn't, I couldn't possibly. The monster, he almost killed me last time. But if you follow that trail just outside of town, and he points in a direction, you just need to follow the trail, and you will find the tower, and then you will find the beast. All right, we'll give it a go. I mean... Sure. Do you not want to know okay. who you're dealing with? Our names? You're just happy to let a stranger go and retrieve your daughter? I... I just want my daughter back, sirs. Okay. And he grasps your arm in a pleading way. Hatchet. Well, we'll get your daughter back and... Uh... You can uh, let everyone know that they're wrong about Hatchet and Frank. Uh, the people's champion, some are calling us, I, I hear. I heard a herald say that. Uh, and the men at the nearby table hear you say that, and they all kind of like gasp, and they're muttering, moving back away from you guys. Hatchet? I don't think that was a good idea. Let's, Perhaps uh, not. It was a risky let's play. Roof, Rufio out of here. Well, we'll just go and uh, head to this tower, shall we? Yep. Please, the visual, the visual of us leaving the tavern is uh, we run out the door and as um, Hatchet reaches into his pocket and he says, Rufio, gallop! And then we supersize him. <laughs> I throw him like a Pokeball. <laughs> yeah, like that. <laughs> Rufio, go! expands as he comes out. So the... Mouse-sized badger goes flying from your hand and in mid-air transforms and becomes a horse-sized badger, which you jump on the back of and gallop down the path. Yeah. You're wrong about Hatchet and Frank! <laughs> We've got to show them, not okay. just tell them, Frank. We'll, we'll, uh, we'll do a kind thing today. Show, not tell. Um, galloping down the path... You pass loads of trees and bushes. That's what's in forests, typically. Uh, and you hear some growling from the bushes on either side of you. Wait, what's the uh, what's the situation on logs in the forest? Uh, there's at least three. 
Oh, okay. Just checking. Yeah. <laughs> he told me there was trees and plants, but he didn't say logs. <laughs> just checking. If you think about it, a log is halfway between a tree and a plant, so... It is, yeah, but you didn't mention it, so it's just checking. <laughs> anyway, there's some growling in the bushes. Oh, true, okay. Uh, I, could I use a move? Slow down. We should use a move. Yeah, you can move, use a move. We actually haven't rolled dice or anything yet this <laughs> in the last 45 minutes, so yeah. I was going to say, it's been a while. I don't even have dice out, to be honest with you. Um, I want to do stalk. Oh, an old favorite. Mm. That is, yeah, that, that's been the one I pulled out. Um, okay. So you and your party can stalk tracked prey without it noticing you setting up an ambush. Okay. Does that use adventure points? When you discover the creature or creatures you are tracking, you can ambush them even if they are preparing to ambush you. It costs two adventure points. The monster. Are you going to ambush the monster or the daughter? The monster. <laughs> Not the Okay. <laughs> Different scenarios. I don't know. <laughs> We're going to prove that you're wrong about Hatchet and Frank <laughs> by killing this man's daughter. <laughs> Make an example of you. <laughs> That'll teach them. You were wrong to trust us with this mission. <laughs> 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 told you you were wrong about us. <laughs> you have... um. Yeah, there's growling in the bushes. You have used track, so you know that if you continue down the path, that is the direction of the monster, uh, and you will get the opportunity to get the drop on him when you get there. But right now, there's growling in the bushes. So, uh, three wolves emerge from the bushes and surround you, growling with their hackles up, and one jumps towards Hatchet. And didn't roll great, so... I can't talk to them unless they're not hostile to us, I think. You also have to be touching them. Yeah, yeah you have to be touching them. I thought you just had to be touching them. You touch an animal that is not currently hostile towards you. Oh, cool. Well, well That anyway. kind of retcons the whole eagle thing from before. Like the first episode. <laughs> yeah, but anyway. Uh, so this wolf uh, leaps for you, Hatchet, and he like misses you, you manage to pull back and he goes sailing in front of you. Uh, and I'm going to give you the opportunity to take a move before any of the other wolves do. So it's you, Hatchet. Can we speak freely while this is happening? Sure. Hatchet, we can just uh, <clears throat> use a chaos pearl and get the hell out of here if this gets hairy. I'm, I'll be honest, I don't remember what that is. But I don't really want to hurt these it's wolves. It's a concussive explosion, and it doesn't hurt. Okay, doesn't doesn't do damage. Yeah, if you can uh, if you can knock them out, that would that would be quite useful right about now. Yeah, it doesn't I'll knock just, uh, things out. No, no, it, no it's I'm pretty sure it does in the sense of the force. Yeah. <laughs> okay, we're okay, collaborators we're in this. What does it do? It's like a it's like a pushback situation. Yes, it is a pushback explosion situation. Explosion pushback situation. But we you could get totally distance. can use a chaos pearl if you'd like to use a chaos pearl. But it's not going to get us out of combat. I'm not saying that it won't. <laughs> if I roll well enough, I'm sure it will. It won't it's not get you out of combat. But it's right, actually well, do you hatchets. Want to devote your turn to me. Go. Oh, yeah, unless yeah, do that. You you do your turn. 
Oh, you man. can give it to Frank if you want. Yeah, because I feel like I wouldn't just attack animals if I didn't think there was another way out of it. Yep. All right. Hatchet, I promise this won't hurt the animals. I, I, I promise. And I rolled a 16. And they all die. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> okay, so you throw the Chaos Pearl uh, at the feet of the wolves and the it makes a loud banging noise and the wolves howl and they run off into the bushes. <sighs> Amazing. Scared them off. I actually didn't think it would do that. I thought it would just like push them back and we could get some distance and run away, but... Even better. Well, let's not press our luck. Let's get out of here before they potentially come back with more of those wolves. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, you continue on down the path uh, and you come to a large gate. It's a large, ornate golden gate. And behind it, you can see a large white and blue tower stretching up into the sky. But the gate is currently closed. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Can um, Rufio I... climb it in horse form? Badger's good at climbing. I don't think so. I'm going to Google can badgers it. climb, and if it says yes, they can climb well. Can badgers climb a fence is what you want to Google. But, <laughs> this article's called Badgers in Your Garden. <laughs> <laughs> Amazing. <laughs> Also, can you just look up um, the exact sentence? Can horse-sized badgers climb fences? <laughs> climb ornate golden gates. <laughs> Could a horse-sized badger climb the Golden Gate Bridge? Um, yeah, I'm not sure. Inconclusive. It says they can climb, okay. but I'll leave it to your guy. In our mystical fantasy world, horse-sized badgers cannot climb large golden gates what about burrow underneath Ooh, i like that idea yeah if that's what you guys want to do it might take some time yeah that's true gonna take some time <laughs> um all right can we go around the perimeter and see if there's another way in mm-hmm. yep uh so you begin walking around the perimeter uh and as far as you can see, it is fences on all sides, uh, and there is just the one gate in. You spend some time walking around the perimeter, because it is quite a large perimeter, so it's been about an hour. And all that while, Rufio was digging under the gate. <laughs> <laughs> sure, if you want. Ah, good job, uh, <laughs> Rufio. <laughs> and Rufio is... Part of the way there, yeah. He's horse-sized. I, I knock on the <laughs> gate and I say, Hello! Uh, and the gate responds. Oh, yes, you just wanted to do a horny yeah, gate. Thought, yeah, I thought this was going to be a talking gate. I was joking. Oh, it's man. not a talking gate. That is not oh, what's man. happening here. Um, okay, now I kind of want you to do a horny gate. gate. And the gate responds, Hello, I am the horny gate. Um, Are you you related to the door in Magic Mountain? Okay, it's not actually the gate talking. We're not doing a horny gate. We're ready to play that out. (laughs) 
There's too many uh, jokes that could go really bad with yeah, sexual gates. Yeah. <laughs> It'll go badly for us and they'll refer to it as gate gate. Gate gate. Uh, the scandal. <laughs> they had a weird uh gate and door fetish on that podcast. <laughs> Uh, all right. Thinking... Now I kind of really want the <laughs> gate to be a character. <laughs> um, the gate responds and it says, Who are you? That's how are we actually that. doing this? Oh, yeah, yeah, we're doing, doing the talking this. gate? <laughs> no, I just realized it makes sense and I've built a whole story. I've built a whole narrative reason for it. We're in Hi, this Mr. now, boys. Gate. Um, are you first of all i have so many questions but first of all are you connected to all the other doorways and some sort of like uh social media thing or is yes. it just you is it very lonely linkedin um i thought it might be called like doordash or something oh that, that's even better no he says <laughs> mr Do- mr gate is my father my name oh. is Gatius Maximus. <laughs> That's not wow. even a last name. I feel like I'm there. <laughs> so, uh, what would you like me to call you? Sorry, as a first name. Gatius. Okay, Gatius. Um, uh, what are you guarding back there? I'm not guarding anything. I'm a gate. Okay, well, would you like to open for us? Sure. All you needed to do was ask. And the gate oh, swings you. open. <laughs> thank you, Gadius. That You're door, welcome. That, that gate was I a lot more you. polite than the last one. Uh, thank you for your pronouncement of love. I just met you. I do not feel the same. <laughs> and the gate shuts behind you. Oh, um, Gadius. Yes. And he swings me? open a little bit. Like, <laughs> will you will you be happy to open for us when we are prepared to leave? Why not? Oh, I'm a gate. I meant to be entered. Just checking. Thank you. That was a a little weird the way you said that. You were the one who told me you loved me, and he shuts again. Okay. Bye. All right. Keep it in your fence. <laughs> cool. <laughs> <laughs> so I guess I, I guess we just talk to all the doors on the way up to this guy. Yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Hello, front door. Hello. Yeah. So the front door <laughs> is a large ornate door with a uh big handle with a lion's head on it. Uh and the lion head handle turns and looks at you and says Hello. Hello, you're very beautiful. Okay. Uh, how long? It, how, how long? Okay. Yeah, you're right. Hello. Hello, you're a very beautiful lion. <laughs> Thank you. I have always thought so. Um, how long have you been on this door? Because that's a like, are you part of the whole door? It is impolite to ask a door's age. Oh, sorry. Wow. I, I always thought age was a, a privilege and, you know, 
time should be celebrated, but like that's okay. That sounds like the perspective of someone who has privilege. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Damn, uh, we learned things so- today. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't realize doors were so marginalized. Yeah. Um. So, uh, would you like to let us in? Sure. And the door swings open. <laughs> the doors and are just very before we polite, go back yeah. in. Just before we go in, um, w- could you please let us out when we need to? Sure. Thank you. Uh, wh- oh, one more yeah, thing. Have a lovely day. One more thing while we're here. Yeah. Uh, who or what lives here? Oh, the gentleman who lives here. His name is Fabian. Oh, Fabian. I'm sure I've heard that name from somewhere. And uh, Fabian, what's his deal? Well, uh, every full moon, he becomes a wolf creature. Oh, okay. It, that, that's mostly his deal. Something about a curse yeah. from a witch that has led to all the objects here being animated. Oh, okay. Um, just a follow-up question on that one. Has he been in recently? Is he here at the moment? Yes. Okay, cool. We we'll have see. just let him know that he has a visitors and he should be down in a jiffy. Cool. What's a jiffy? A jiffy is an amount of peanut butter that some people <laughs> measure time with. <laughs> okay, thanks, Lion. It's the amount we'll of time anyway. that it takes to uh, chew through a teaspoon of peanut butter. That's actually a long time. So, uh, as you stand in the foyer, a large wardrobe ambles towards you. Uh, and In a- what way? <laughs> like it's walking Ambles towards us. Like, no, but like, yeah, it's uh, like in, rocking if, if back and forth. Four people were on each end, like lifting it up. No, it's like, rocking back and forth, moving towards okay. you. Uh, cool. And the wardrobe says, "Why am I introducing all these freaking characters? <laughs> <laughs> Why did it say that? It's such a weird sentence for it to say. It's so meta, Jim. That's a cool twist. The wardrobe's doors open and close, and it says. Welcome to our manor. Hey, uh, what's your name? Sorry, I am Wardrobius. <laughs> is that your real? Wait, isn't everyone enchanted? So why would Wardrobius be called Wardrobius? That is what the master called me. Oh, okay, fair enough. So, um, not very. Invented. Is it hard for you to be understood when your doors are flapping every time you speak? It, it helps be me be understood. It's called gesticulating. Okay, fair enough. I, I thought that was something else. I didn't think you could do that in front of strangers. <laughs> I am to lead you to the sitting room to meet the master okay. and the mistress of the house. Would it be uh, would it be inappropriate if we travelled inside you or? <laughs> He's a cupboard. I've, Come on. I've never been that before. <laughs> well, what, what do you want? I don't know. What do you feel like? Not for that. Uh, and the wardrobe <laughs> turns and begins to amble down the corridor. This way! Hey, Frank, for real, are you okay? 
<laughs> you kind of bring your weird energy to this one. <laughs> Does he start singing a song about, um, like, be our visitor, be our visitor? Sings that strange song. <laughs> it hits a door uh, with its corner, and the door swings open and says, Thus was a bit rude. Uh, and he could have just asked. Let me guess, your door... I do not talk to the doors anymore! I mean, you have a couple of them on you, right? We're not in speaking terms! Okay. Is this uh, uh, Dorius Maximus it... II? I don't want to do another door voice. <laughs> uh, the wardrobe gestures a door... Um, like one of its wardrobe doors through the door. <laughs> we enter the room. Okay. <laughs> With a very confusing pointing of doors. Uh, in the room is a uh, well-presented man with slicked back blonde hair uh, sitting on an in an armchair with his legs crossed, drinking a cup of tea. And beside him is a woman with dark black hair and you can see the resemblance between her and Strahan. Strahan. Um and she she's also sitting on the armchair like sitting sorry she's sitting on a lounge drinking a cup of tea uh, and the man gestures airily towards the teapot and says may I help you to a cup of tea just while this is happening uh, can I like use my ability for sense magic in the sense sure. that I want to see where the the direction of the magic is coming? I know there's magic, obviously. I'm just thinking like I can sense where the direction of the magic is. Find like the the rose under the glass thing, in a manner of speaking. Roll or me a dice. Literally. Okay. What's the what cloche? Is that the word I'm looking for? A cloche. Yeah, that works. Oh, 18. Glass nice. cloche. A cloche yeah. is kind of more dome-shaped. But... Yeah, in the in the movie that I'm thinking of, which is unrelated to this whole thing, <laughs> but um, <laughs> it's more um, bullet-shaped. Mm. And it doesn't have a handle on the top like a cloche would. But anyway, I, I rolled an 18. Okay. You didn't uh, want me to roll well, did you? Nah. You cast Sense Magic... Detect magic, you rolled a dice, you got an 18. Um, So you can tell that there is magic all around you. You can tell that the doors, the teapot, the wardrobe outside, uh, the alarm clock on the mantelpiece, even the fire in the hearth, you can tell that they're all magical and they've been magically animated. You can also feel magic on him, um, but it is a different type of magic oh, okay sorry to uh, barge in on you here sir but um, what's your name I am Fabian would you like a cup of tea sure teapotius uh, pour them a glass are you um, outside of your affliction which I'm, I'm guessing you refer to it as an affliction I'm not sure. Well, that's presumptuous. Well, okay. Outside of um, your 
uh, transfiguration. Thank you. Are you magic in any way? Uh, no, I am just a regular prince. Okay. Who happens to be a werewolf. And is very much in love. And You're a werewolf? The woman. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> he looks at the woman with affection in his eyes and she looks back and smiles up at him. So I'm guessing this wasn't the kind of situation that uh, we were led to believe. Uh, your name, miss, is... Uh, she says, my name is Marion. Yeah, you understand your father sent us. Oh, that awful man. He's very prejudiced. He can't see beyond Fabian's transfiguration. Okay. Um, just as a side note, we do have a, a friend who... um goes from mouse size to horse size so we're pretty familiar with the whole <laughs> uh, shape-shifting situation um that anyway that's not just a, the same we have well you know just pretty much the same thing we can basically we're allowed to say um the t-word so because <laughs> we have friends everyone kind of just stares at frank awkwardly <laughs> like even the teapot and the fire in the hearth are just kind of silently staring at him with a little bit of judgment um, just as a, a general question to the room of all of the objects, mysterious objects, is there anyone who'd like to return to their previous form? Anyone in the room at all? Uh, Fabian speaks up at this point and he says, they did not have a previous form. My ex-wife, she did this to the items in my house thinking it would inconvenience me. If anything, it has enhanced my life. Oh, okay. I thought it was the other way around. Okay. So uh, we're kind of not needed here. Do we just maybe skip town on this one, Frank? It seems better just to not get involved. <clears throat> Some form of reconciliation might be a little bit appropriate. We could just, you know, get Marion to see her dad and just explain things and then he can be at peace. I don't know, Marion, would you rather that your father thinks that you're dead or would you rather just take a couple of moments, come to town with us, figure it out and then um, not have to see him again? So, uh, he knows it's... everything. I told him that I'm in love with Fabian and he ran into a tree in his haste to get away. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, he did say monster. I know that's probably a bit of an offensive word, but he didn't, like, he described it as a monster. Did Fabian, was Fabian in his form when he no. took you back to the car? No, he just knows. Oh. He's just prejudiced. He's just old. He didn't seem that old. But, uh, okay. Well, it seems like another, yeah, seems like a job well done from Frank and Hatchet. Yeah, not quite the... Uh, that, it might put a bit of heat on us, but um, ha having given out our names, but we didn't really get anything for it, so... Yeah, that was a bit short-sighted. Maybe maybe we should have said that next time when we finish the job. Yep. All right, a lesson learned. Uh, the day is not <laughs> and maybe wasted. not in front of a crowd of strangers. 
Makes my homeless uh, situation talking about that in front of the young kid. It makes that seem a whole lot less stupid. That is true. I you, I did blunder way you, worse. You big idiot. <laughs> I'll cop to that. <laughs> well, there is no need for you to scamper off. You are welcome to stay the night. We have very comfortable beds available. They stop talking promptly at nine o'clock, so you may get to sleep. Man, I wanted to have a conversation with a bed all night. Well, you you can. Oh, so they don't like un- de- it's not deanimate like after they nine. Die at nine o'clock. <laughs> they just they're polite. We're polite in this house. <laughs> You're creating like a universe where the beds um, come alive in the morning as a new being, and every morning <laughs> they like flies or something. Why was I born? <laughs> 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 no, but, and the bed must be lonely through the day <laughs> it has anyway. wardrobes and other things to talk to and I visit them occasionally when I can uh, let me just talk to my brother and we'll uh, we'll get back to you on that offer okay hey Frank this uh, this feels super like a trap uh, just remember the walls can hear you, like literally. Yeah, but are you getting those vibes as well? Like this seems like... Yeah, 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 yeah of course. It seems a, Very welcoming. seems a bit murdery. I think maybe we just cut our yeah. losses. <clears throat> a candelabra uh, but- on a wall next to you whispers into your ear, it's not a trap. It's actually pronounced <laughs> candle bra because it holds your candles up. <laughs> That's what somebody who's trying to trap you would say. Yeah, but Hatchet, like, what's the other option? Do you want to set up a tent in the wolf-infested wolves, uh, woods, rather, the ones that we just ran into? Or would you like to go back to the town where we're going to disappoint a father and go head back to whatever, any number of enraged villages with our bounty worth a, a fortune? What do you think? Or should we accept this gracious offer of of a a nice night in a beautiful tower with a beautiful lion's door (laughs) on it? Okay. I know. Lots of beautiful. I will give you this one, Frank, because uh, you kind of got me with the whole uh, you telling everyone we're homeless, but then me telling everyone who we were and possibly getting some heat on us. So I think I owe you one for that. Uh, You guys... Communicate that you're going to stay, uh, and Fabian says, oh, good, 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 uh, and stands to his feet and says, I am so glad you are staying, and he shakes Hatchet's hand. Do you shake his hand in response? Fabian, yeah. Yeah, I'll shake his hand. Why yep. does everyone okay. shake? Oh, because everyone we touch does a thing. Oh. I, I well, shook I his hand, him, but I guess so. we now know that yes. Frank is the one. So does Frank roll a dice? I wink John. At him. Oh me, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I got a five. Wow, wow. Okay, so uh, as you are shaking Fabian's hand, he kind of looks startled, and you see fur start to appear, uh, and you see his muscles start to bulge, and his shirt begin to rip as he begins to transform, and he says. But it's not a full moon. And that's the end of the episode. 
Thank you for listening. This has been Roll for Friendship, a podcast about friendship and sometimes dragons. Hope you're enjoying our new theme song written by Jesse Pass and Daniel Bickham. Uh, and also wanted to say thank you to Mickey, who was going to have a bigger character arc, and then the boys avoided it, but we still managed to mention the character. So that's fun. And Jim still managed to blame us. Yeah. A good DM always blames his players. <laughs> That's what I've heard. Okay, so if you enjoy the show, tell a friend about it. And if you do, if let us know and we will name a character after you and we will try and incorporate them more. Uh, but, and we will promptly sidestep them. And they will promptly ignore them. Hey, you like engaged with a side quest this week. We it's, did it. I think it's growth making... as people. Yeah, we've learned today. All day. What's character growth in real life? Um, Personal just growth, growth, I think. Professional development. Ooh, yeah. 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 Anyway, thank you for listening. Until next time, stay questy. Stay questy.